Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening to us. This is the Arsenal uh, post-match pubcast brought to you by Gunnerstown. Um, we are talking live after Burnley and Arsenal just played out a 1-1 draw. And if you're watching live, then I'm sure you are as frustrated and quite frankly infuriated as I am right now. And I'm infuriated for multiple reasons. And so I'm quite glad in a way that there's only three of us on today because it's going to give us more time to go into absolute rant meltdown 101. And joining me with the rant meltdown 101, I've got my man Mark King. How are you doing, sir? All right, Chris. How's it going? I'm all right. What are you drinking? What's your tipple? Uh, I ain't got nothing at the moment, mate, to be honest. So, uh, no. So you walked into the pub, you walked into the virtual pub, you sat down in the yeah, virtual I'm looking. Pool. I'm looking at the range of uh, of drinks, mate. So I'll I'll pick something out in a minute. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, whilst you're uh, thinking about what you're going to drink and uh, go to the virtual bar, I'll bring in AFC Charlie. <laughs> Charlie East, how are you doing, sir? You're right. Yeah, I'm all right. Been better. Not happy. Yeah, you're not drinking. You're not drinking antifreeze, are you? After. Uh, no, after I've, I've actually got. I've actually, I've actually come into the pub and I've ordered a coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, sure. Right. Very south, very south London of me. Yeah, exactly. Hipster, but don't right, worry, um, I'll be I'll getting on drink. some harder stuff. I reckon after this or during the show. To be fair, good I'm stuff, fucking good stuff. I'm drinking a Corona. <laughs> I'm drinking Corona. You'll have your say, Charlie. You'll have your say. I'm going to go into uh, my rant first, though, given that I get to host this thing. So I'm going to start off, and I'm not going to. Normally, what we do in these podcasts, we start off with. Uh, talking about you know the chronologically the game first but I don't think that we can start anywhere else other than what we have just witnessed which is that um, uh, Arsenal have been denied what frankly was the most stonewall penalty handball penalty I think I've seen in quite a long time it was genuinely staggering that Eric Peters can have his hand in a horizontal position and it hit his hand that is not a natural position unless you two lovely gents can can tell me otherwise and we find ourselves having dropped points against a, a Burnley team that so far this season haven't actually really registered a proper goal or a proper well actually Burnley and I made a very good save in the second half that feels like in two games against them it's their only real chance that they've had so I am frustrated with Arsenal I am frustrated with uh, the way that we played I'm frustrated with a load of things I am uberly frustrated with that's not even a word uberly I just made it up um I'm ultimate I'm ultra frustrated with the VAR uh, do you want? Should we? Should we just have a debate about this for a second? And I'll start with you, Mark. Actually, if that's all right, can you talk to me about your initial thoughts? Oh, sorry. Before I get you to start, um, thanks to everyone for joining us on Facebook and uh, YouTube and uh, on Periscope, uh, where we're live. Please give us your questions, um, post us to them. Uh, who was your man of the match? Do you want to pick a man of the match? Do you want to fire certain players into the sun? I suspect there's one or two people that will be uh, uh, saying uh, a guy. We'll, we'll move away from that for now. Decision. 
handball decision, which also went to VAR, who decided it's absolutely fine, nothing to see here. Yeah, I, I mean, if if we yeah if we, if we're just uh, if we're just talking about that one, it's um it's 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 I don't know it's just it's just so difficult to take. I mean, it, it's a funny game because you've got two incidents really where where VAR have been involved that that kind of like show up things perfectly, yeah. But the ha- the handball one, you can see, okay, so when Pepe's got the ball and he's trying to fire the ball across the box and it, it bounces up and it hits Peters. And that's not a handball. No one's got a problem with it. It's not a handball. But it comes back to Pepe. And Pepe then tries to, to knock it past him. And Peter's, and as much as like, you know, I will always I will always defend defenders because I know having played long enough as a defender, how how your body shape has to be and how you are. But if you are going to be in the box, and we all see defenders now or anyone in the box defending, keeping their arms down. You know, because they know there's too much risk in having your arms anywhere away from your bodies. You know, Peters, as you said, Peters has got his arm out here. Yeah. Now, that's not really that. That's him making his body bigger as per the rules that they say. Now, when Pepe tries to knock that past him for that ball to hit his hand, that's it's a penalty. It's it's a penalty. We've seen it all season long. We've seen much worse ones, you know, given. Yeah, where you've gone, oh, that's a bit harsh. But that, it's a penalty. And how the referee can ignore it and not 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 give a penalty and then get VAR to check it, or how, like, the guy in Stotley Park, I can't even remember who the idiot was there today, can look at that and think, no, that's, that's, that's not a penalty. It's, I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, like, obviously... There are there's, there's the whole other match we can look at as well, and we can't just blame it on on that. But that is it's a penalty, and we've been denied it, and it's just yeah. I don't know. I don't know what more to add, mate. It's, it's maddening. And do you know what? Uh, I'm going to bring Charlie in just a second. The thing that's even more maddening is this very week we have seen an instance with that scum lot down the road where they have benefited from a player who has basically got his arms down by his side. And that's apparently a handball. Now, if that's a handball with your arms down by the side, if your hand is, if your arm is out uh, in a horizontal position, how can you not see that? And I've got to go back to the fact that, unfortunately, the PGMOL are not fit for purpose. We've got a guy in Mike Riley that runs it who is a despot dictator. He has no accountability, and he's got a selection of the old boys net refereeing network who have. Absolutely nobody holding him into checks and balance. Charlie, your thoughts on that um, decision and any bit that you want to add, really, to what Mark and I just said? It's just fucking absolutely farcical, mate. Don't get me wrong. As I said, as someone just said there, there's the rest of the game to talk about, which we will go on to. But that's at a key moment of the game. 10, 15 minutes to go. one all. We're a bit more on the front foot. And, and then that, not to be given. I mean, I've, I was sitting here with someone I've, and I've seen it at the time. The first one they called for the handball. And when he put the ball, I went, it's handball. I mean, even like the one at Leicester last week, I was like, don't worry, that's coming back. It's coming back. Look at it. And then they see the repo. I went, it's handball, mate. Don't worry about that. It'll come back. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. You can break your seat. The player's even got his knee bent and his arms stayed the same height. So he got lower. So his arms even more in an unnatural position. It's handball. And then for it not to be given, and you even get that prick, Peter Walton, 
who is probably one of the biggest. I know I'm in a pub, so I'm going to say it. Probably the biggest cunts on the whole. Even he agrees. Right? He even went, oh, I don't know how that's given a penalty. <laughs> For him to come out and say that shows it's a Stonewall penalty. I'll get him, but in other WhatsApp group, people who are Chelsea fans, Man United fans, sounds to me, cool, Arsenal don't, don't seem to get anything regarding this VAR, do they? It's a fucking joke. That is a one a one decision. That is a that is a one decision in the game. There are a hundred things that we could talk about that else other people didn't do very well. There's another reason I won the game. But that is accountable for the referees, VAR, the people at Stockley Park, an absolute farce. It is, I've got the, I'm fuming. Totally. It is, because it's, it, I mean, I'm, I'm not one of these people to think, oh, we're, we're, we get dug out from referees or we're on. But when you see stuff like that, can you imagine if that was up the other end? Fucking hell. The, the referee would have okay. given it there and then. And if, if that had been a Liverpool or something, straight away, you do start to think, is it because it's us? It, it, it's, it's, I'm fucking, I've got the ump because of the yeah. result, not so much, but that's a part of it. But, yeah. I mean, everyone clearly can see, we could talk about well, it for I mean, day. Yeah. I mean, let's move on from it. Um, we know we've been wronged. You know, everyone, as you said, Peter Walter, everyone in the studio, even Steve McManaman kind of made a half-hearted attempt on BT Sport Pundistry saying, oh, you don't want to give that as a penalty every time. Right, OK, then. Well, in that case, let's start defending with our arms outstretched. Because if, you, if you're going to say proximity is what the PGMO said, where was the proximity for that Fulham defend, that Fulham player who, who had his arms Sorry, by Chris, side? That was proximity. That was delete illegal. Chris, just see a tweet here, and this sums it up completely. A great point. Martin Keown just said on BT Sport, if the ref had given a penalty, it's not hope in hell that VAR would have overturned it. So, how can they not yeah. fucking... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a joke. It's an utter joke. But we're 10 minutes in, lads. We're 10 minutes into yeah. this uh, podcast and we haven't really talked about the rest of the game. So, let's talk about the rest of the, shit. the rest of that game. And Mark... <laughs> Mark, talk to me about the uh, starting lineup. Any surprises there from your perspective? And... Um, I thought uh, the open exchanges went rather well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've made a, a habit of not going on Twitter now for when the team gets announced because it's just every every time it doesn't matter really what he does, there's always going to be a bit of a meltdown. So I don't really bother with it. Um, so I don't know. It's a lot of changes when you consider we've had a week off. Uh, I thought it was a lot of changes to make, but you know, it, it, when when you look at how we start the game that's when you start judging. If you start the game really badly, then you can think, well, he's not made the right choices here. Um, strangely enough, I think it was further down the game that he, he, he made he made errors with selections. But, um, you know, they were, they were doing all right. They were playing well. There was no trouble. And, you know, we score a really nice goal. Nice little bit of interplay between uh, Xhaka and Party. Plays out to William. Straightforward ball to Aubameyang. And then it's all down to Aubameyang. You know, I mean, he, he, he's like... He, the double step over, it's the first step over sends the guy one way, the second step over sends him the other, and it's just got him completely off balance. So he can't do anything about Aubameyang coming in on his right then. And it's a good shot, you know, it's a it's a, it's a decent hard shot, low in the corner. Uh, sometimes the keepers have got strong enough wrists to, um, to get down and, and stop them. Uh, fortunately for us, uh, he, he didn't today and um, it nestled in the back of the net. And, you know, and we... We, I thought we deserved that win and we we kind of like controlled. 
we controlled the half and we had other chances, half chances. Saka as well, you know, he's had one of them games today where he's had some chances that you'd like to think on another day he'll put away. Yeah. Uh, one really nice one, I think. Aubameyang put him in his right and I thought he should have maybe trusted his right first time, but he didn't and, uh, and mistouched it. But we we weren't, you know, I thought we were, we were like, we were in control of the game. No real issues. Playing well. And then, you know, I'll let some one of you guys talk about what happens next. Well, let's, let, let, before we go on to that, I think you're right. And, and Charlie, on this, I, I don't know about you, but I very rarely feel comfortable during Arsenal matches. I get nervous. My blood pressure goes up. My beats per minute go up. And alcohol doesn't help that. Um, but in the first 20 to 25 minutes, I watched the way that we moved the ball. I watched the way that we, we cut through Burnley and we were playing balls in behind and Aubameyang got in behind two or three times and I felt comfortable and confident. My worry, I wrote in my blog this morning, I wrote the first 15 to when it's half an hour is where we need to be worried because Burnley are going to come at us, but then they should run out of steam. We played in week and we didn't. But that first, up until we conceded, I thought we were really good, weren't we, Charlie? I totally agree. I was, I was sitting here with someone watching it and uh, we talked over the first half hour and I was thinking, oh, we look good today. We look good. We look on it. We look, we're, we're, we're catching them on the counter. We're actually I'm very disappointed we didn't put away a couple of chances. I think Saka had two I think you should have done better with. Um, and we, we, we looked the better team. Didn't look threatened at all from them, from them going forward. Every time they lumped the ball in the box, Mari, Louise, Chambers, one of the three of them was getting their edge to it. Not a threat at all. Look good, look comfortable. And I even said at the time to him, I went, we need a second goal here, though, because you know what we're like. Lo and behold, three minutes later after me oh, saying that. always need that second goal. I, I'm going to move on to the Xhaka incident. Um, firstly, I'm seeing a few people on Twitter and even Keon mentioned about Leno. Utter bollocks. It's not a thing. Jack has come and claimed for the ball, what we do all season, take the touch. He even had time to take the touch to make the pass. It is inexcusable of what he's done. Right? And I'm I, people who know me know I'm very pro Granite Jacker. I think he's been ex I think he's been really good lately. Yeah. And you know he's got that rick in him. Um, but that today in a game where we were fucking absolutely cruising to what he'd done, he's just a fucking idiot. Right, and what and I'm losing my temper a bit of him, but it's the club's fault. Unfortunately, <laughs> like it or not, and there's a lot of people who are gonna disagree with this and want to jump in the comments. He is still our second best centre midfielder, like it or not. And that and we have to fucking get two or three centre midfielders better than him in the summer. Because he is Elnina ain't worth a fucking wank. So Bios is pants and party. Obviously, you you'd like to think here with a bit more fitness, he can sort of kick on. But that for him to do that, he's just fucking criminal. Criminal. I mean, I see that he's he, he's got more mistakes to goals since he's been here. Eight now, isn't he? In in that in that period of time, he's the highest in the Premier League. And and it's it's, it's inexcusable. That's that is absolutely criminal that today. Because I know Burnley had a couple of chances in the second half, Leno made two good saves. But they were they were never gonna get anything out of this game. We've thrown that away. And a chance to get a great result last week against Leicester. I even tweeted in the week. There's no point in us getting a result Leicester if we don't kick on and get the win at Burnley. It just fucking, you, 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 it's just, it's just so frustrating for a goal like that where we're cruising. 
it looks like we want to get the second and maybe a third. You think you, you start to think ahead, think, oh, we're going to talk these today from the first half, the way we come out. And then to, for him to do that is just fucking ridiculous. I'm I'm fucking I'm livid. I'm so angry. I can't because today you think you start talking the week, people can. Oh, we beat Leicester. Oh, we can't beat Burn. That's six points. Then going big Europa League game. If we can get something against Tottenham, we can get something against Tottenham. All of a sudden, you start looking at catching people. But now we're back in tenth. We're fucking after this weekend. We're going to be a long way off of sixth, seventh, eighth again. I think Liverpool could drop down to ninth after this weekend, and we ain't catching them. And that's how bad they've been. So you, it looks like we're going to finish tenth this season. And then you look at the question of Arteta: Is that good enough? Finish tenth as Arsenal Football Club. I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think you've got you. You probably are onto something there in terms of we need to start asking questions of Mikel Arteta. I think certainly in terms of his team selection today, I think Chambers was the surprise, but I could kind of understand it because Burnley, as we saw during that game, they wanted to play long balls, they wanted to be physical, they wanted to have an aerial threat, and so someone like Chambers, you know, if you've got someone like Cedric or Bellerin, who's having to come up against those long diagonals from Burnley, then you know it's going to be a problem. And I thought Chambers did well today. But that first half for me was Arsenal in control. We should have taken, we could have been 3-0 up um, in the first half. And we are, uh, I, I tweeted, uh, I think it was just before half-time and just after we conceded, the only team that beats Arsenal today is Arsenal. And that's what it felt like. It felt like we shot ourselves in the foot. So then we go into half-time, Mark, and um, we come out and I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking to myself, Burnley will tire. You know, they've had a game in midweek. They're a physical side, got a smaller squad. He's played practically the same team that played in midweek. We should really, really kick on. And I think this is probably, again, there's frustration around the VAR because that was just wrong. And once again, we've been wrong through what is quite obviously a, a, an obvious decision to see. But the start of that second half really worried me because. I felt like we were playing at walking pace. You know, Louise, Mari, uh, Xhaka, everything was just slowed down, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, um, for, for any neutral watching, that would have been an awful game of football to watch that second half until about the last uh, 15 minutes. Uh, I, that, that's, that was, to me, it was, looked like a mentality issue. You know, the, the, the blow of losing that goal so quickly before... Uh, the end of the first half, I think the players just, they were, I think they were just shell-shocked because they know that yet again, it's nothing to do with how the other team is imposing themselves on the game. It's us self-imploding, shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, and I think, you know, you could see when they came out, they just, they, they, they just looked down and it was just, uh, there was no impetus, there was no energy, there was no movement. It was really, really poor period of play in, that, in the opening sort of, 20 25 minutes of that uh, second half um to which he then makes the the sub and he he brings on uh, he brings on Laka uh and I think did he bring him on for Odegaard baffling yeah, yeah um, baffling he, to me and and I mean and I I I, I couldn't quite figure that out. I thought Odegaard was having an all right game um and then you want to bring Laka on and then yeah. you're right, you're, you're not going to put him center forward and move Aubameyang out left and and move sort of Willian or Saka inside. You're going to actually do that whole fucking number ten lack a bit, which like I just don't I I just don't get why he does it. It didn't work. He, nothing changed. 
So, you know, he, 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 even with that first sub, nothing really changed. And then he made, then he made uh, the other subs and he brings um, Pepe on. So now he's got Pepe on and he's got Saka on. And we've spent most of the last couple of weeks, I think, and Dave Seeger's one of the main ones who, 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 who brings this debate about, is where, where do you play him? And you play Saka on the right and you play Pepe on the left. What do he do? Brings him on, Pepe on the right, Saka on the left. Um, it's just, uh, I just, I don't know. I thought, I thought his subs were, uh, I thought his subs were shit today. Um, and we just, we, we, we were just so poor in the second half until the last 10 minutes. Yeah, I certainly think the decision to play Lacazette in a number 10 doesn't work. And funnily enough, we played that with the Burnley game at home, I think it was. And it was around that time before Christmas that we started playing that, that sort of lineup. And it didn't work. Lacazette in that position doesn't work. He's not a connector. He's not a player that's going to be able to do that. So I think it did weaken us. Pepe's fall is such that I think he actually did quite well playing on the right. But I agree with you. Saka has been most effective on the right. I think Saka actually had a poor game today. I don't think he was that great. Um, he missed, as you said, Mark, he missed one chance where he could have hit it first time on his right foot. There was also that chance where he comes through and on his left foot, he just screws it ever so slightly wide in the first half. And I thought Saka, yeah, was quite poor. But Pepe came on and he made a difference for us. And Charlie, um, what do you make of the substitutions? Actually, Charlie, what do you think of Williams' performance today? Because I thought Williams did okay-ish. And then what did you make of Pepe coming on? I think Pepe was very, very unfortunate to be on the bench, personally. I think uh, I thought he was excellent at Leicester last week and he, he created stuff and made things happen. Uh, and I agree with you, you both, I agree with you regarding Saka about a poorer game. But he's a kid, he's not, he, he's got to be given a chance. Do you know what I mean? I'm not one of these yeah. ones yeah. to sort of say, oh, he, he's going to have bad games. Do you know what I mean? They are. Um, I'm not saying he had a bad game, but he was just a bit ineffective today. Um, I thought William started off well with a bit of confidence. The goal came from him first running at players. Um, I think when you, I think William is very much a confidence player. After that last week at Leicester, he had a little bit of a little bit of a um, skip in his step. He was running at players rather than doing the turning back and passing. So the first half of the day, first 15, 20 minutes, half hour, until they scored really. He was a lot more lively. He was going forward. He was running with the ball. Second half is a little bit more of that turnaround pass back to Tierney again, which is worrying. Um, Pepe come on and, mm. okay, he did miss an absolute sitter, which he should have put away. But he, when he come on, we looked more dangerous. And that last 10, 15 minutes, they didn't get out of there. We was constantly in their box. He, 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 he has his movement and he's... He got the ability to do something. I think we've got very few players that do yeah, that. Unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, we were very passy, passy. He will be a player. He will drop the shoulder and try and go past someone or try try something. The penalty was called from him. He had the one that's clear off the line, which they give a penalty. In the thing he had the one where, even at the end, where we had the shot hit the post and all that. That come up, Pepe sort of got down the left and cut back. So he's done more in that 15, 20 minutes being on than anyone else in our team. So, I, I I was I thought he was playing really well. Me and Mark had this conversation after the Benfica game uh, about how he was playing really well out on that left hand side, and Arteta was saying about oh it's time for him to shine, and he drops him. <laughs> <laughs> we had that chat, didn't we, Mark? Before yeah. it was odd. So I do think 
with Pepe. He, give him a six, seven, eight game chance. At the end of the season now, I'm sorry, for me, bar the Europa League, the season is over. Right? It is over. There's no plan of pride. We're not going to get relegated. We're not going to finish in, in, top, in the top six or seven. Okay? So, for me now, start playing players that you're going to keep for next season. And Pepe's going to be one you're going to get keep. So get him ready for next season. Start looking at this. Someone like Lacazette, no disrespect, he ain't going to be here next year. Don't need to be playing no more. Okay? Come on today, fucking pants again. Okay? Players like... Uh, I'm trying to think who yeah, else going to be here next year. Much, There's a few players. Any player, he's got any ignition that he doesn't think he's going to be here next year. El Nene, don't need to see him. Ceballos ain't going to be here next year. Don't need to be seeing him. So... Any of these players that are not going to be next year, from now in the league, I don't want to fucking see them. There's no point. We've got to start thinking of next year now. If that means bringing him through kids, if that means seeing, yeah. if he fancies, I don't know, Martinelli is going to be a part of his plans going forward, he should be playing. If he all suddenly thinks that if he wants to try and keep Balogun in, involved in part of his plans, he should be playing. If he doesn't think Nketiah is going to be here, fuck him off. We just don't want to see anyone now who he's got no long-term plans for it. Arteta, unfortunately, is now playing for his future as well. I get that. If we go see going to run there and finish 12th, 13th, there'd be a lot of people calling for his head if we don't win the Europa League. And unfortunately mm. now, he put himself <laughs> in a situation where the Europa League or bust for us now, Ken. And that's very worrying yeah. because... But this is the thing. I don't, I don't, as you said, Chris, earlier on, I, I, I've got no confidence at the minute, confidence of us at the minute, going out and beating anyone. There's no game you can think... Or we're going to go beat these today. There's always that doubt of what Arsenal's going to turn up. Yeah, we can turn it on, but we can also do shit like we did today. Yeah. Do you know what's really worrying from my perspective is, so I've backed Arteta. I still back Arteta. I think he's so a really I, good coach. I think he's coached, us, he's coached into being a better defensive unit, but... These stupid individual errors are costing us. You go, you, I could literally chronologically work backwards today, Xhaka. You've got um, the uh, game against uh, Leicester where you've got Mari, Elneny, William and Xhaka all at fault for the goal we conceded against Leicester. Rewind even further back from that. You've got the goal that we conceded against Man City, holding, not paying attention, uh, Bellerin, not, not looking up from the back post. You rewind back from that, you've got Cedric, and he's made a mistake there, and then holding again, not really watching uh, the, the Villa player who scored uh, very, very early. We are making these mistakes. We are making these constant mistakes. Now, as I said, I back up better. However, there comes a point in which you start to say, you know, once, you know, shame on me, twice, shame on you. But when this is happening every week with these players, unless Arteta starts to make some very difficult decisions, because there's some players that obviously he gets on well with, um, he, he's very, very fond of, but there are some players in this team that are making consistent mistakes. And you cannot have that if you want to be a top flight team, if you want to be a team challenging for the best honours. And that my issues at the moment. I think, Mark, as you said, the substitutions I think were wrong today. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna make make some changes, fine. Maybe you make a Pepe instead of a William, or maybe you bring if Saka wasn't having a good game, maybe you bring Pepe on for Saka. But you cannot you cannot take off a connector in Erdegaard and just chuck on another forward. You know, unless you're going to play that guy as a centre forward, go go Arsene Wenger old school and be like, right, let's just play all the forwards. We'll have Aubameyang and Lacazette up top. Uh, Burnley 
are a team that just they seed possession and they sit deep on their box. So put more bodies in the box then and try to be a little bit more in, in, uh, intricate with your play. And I just think he's making these mistakes. And as Charlie, again, bring it back to my original point, as Charlie said, at the end of the season, if we get knocked out against, if it's not Olympia, of course, if we get knocked out in the quarterfinals of the next round and we end up finishing 10th, 11th, the whole judge me in May type thing, are you not going to look at it and say, well, actually, if we're going to judge you in May, you're worse, you've, you know, we've produced a worse season than Emery and you haven't taken us um, into a trophy. And so now, actually, yeah, we do need to start judging you. Sorry, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's, it's yeah, the big, it's a, it's a, it's a far bigger picture in it at the moment. The, the, the situation the club's in. Charlie's right. It's like the league, um, the league has gone. You know, even try, you know, I mean, it, it, even then, it's such a mad season that a few results here and there can get you up. And maybe you know, do we need to try and finish uh, five, six, seven to to make sure we've got European football, even if it's just for the money or for attracting players? Who knows? Maybe that's key. We should probably go all out to try and win the Europa League, um, because obviously there's a Champions League place at the end of it, even more money, etc., and even better for players. But I think in the old days, 20, 20 odd years ago. If you were in the situation we were in now, you could maybe start chucking a few of the kids in and not worrying about the results of games. I'm not sure that you can do that nowadays because one one of the reasons is I think is again is the money. You know, there is more money the, f- the further up the table you finish, uh, and also the fact that you know if you finish that far down the table, how much impact does it have on you attracting players and on uh, you know the confidence of of the squad you've got. Uh, for moving forward um, and uh, I just sort of think you can't get away with it now because the other thing is you've seen already how many people are turned against our town you know there's a lot of people out there that have had enough of him already despite mm. the fact that he inherited a shit show and he then uh, walked into in exactly the same way that every other club has had to deal with you know this pandemic and the, the impact it's had on football so um, people already want him out. So I think if he starts chucking games away because we might lose a few because he's playing the kids, I think, you know, on social media, certainly, he'll, he'll lose even more people. Whether that matters or not, I don't know. Because I, th- I don't think the club would... Um, I don't think the club would sack it. You know, if we finish 13th and we go out into Olympiacos, uh, I don't think he's gone in the summer. You know, I think he's got until... November, December this year, at least. Um, so it's a really yeah. difficult situation that that, that we're in. Um, I, but he, but he's a you know he's a brand new manager, and he has to learn. But the thing that I keep saying is, and and people are right when they say this, he has to show that he's learning from these errors he makes. And there's some errors that he makes that he's just not learning from. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that that is a worrying thing. Mm-hmm. If you cannot learn from the mistakes you make and you just keep repeating them, then there is a problem. Then there is a thing where, uh, uh, where, where you have to say, actually, hold on, maybe, maybe he is the emperor's new clothes. And just because he, he was at city under Pep and cause Pep bigs him up and because, you know, he, he made Sterling the player he is. Maybe that doesn't mean he's going to make a great manager. Maybe he'll be a great coach under a good manager somewhere else. So it's a really, really difficult situation that we're in. And, what doesn't help? Two things are not helping with that. One is, as you said, Chris, it's the players that are repeatedly making stupid errors. 
you know, the number of stupid errors we've made for goals this season is just ridiculous. And um, I can't remember what the second one was, to be honest, it's gone now. Uh, but he, he can't, you know, it's he can't, he's, he's that and it's making those same errors. It's just going to cost him at the end of the day. He can't keep having players making these errors. Now, what does he do? Does he drop... Does he drop Xhaka because Xhaka seems to be involved in a lot of them? Does he say, look, don't play from the back and just hoof it long all the time, which isn't really going to help our football. That's not going to be the answer. So he's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but he's got to, he's got to show something. And um, I just think it's all or nothing in the Europa League uh, and um, and just take it from there. But but it's uh, he's he's in, you know, he's got he's got a tough job on his hands, mate, no doubt. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting? A lot of people said after the Leeds game, or the lead up to, after the Leeds game, they said, look at this, give Mikel Arteta a week and he can do some coaching and he can suss out the opponents and look at the performance we get. Well, this week, he had a week with them and unfortunately, the intensity just wasn't there from my perspective. Um, a few questions. Let's do some shout outs from the um, from Facebook, from uh, Periscope slash Twitter and from YouTube. One of the interesting things, Charlie, that um, who was it? Uh, somebody think I, said, I saw somebody was talking about the silver. There we go. Simon Barham on Facebook has said the only silver lining is that we want to try and avoid the Europa League. We won't get Champions League. So mid table will do that. Charlie, do you think if Mikel Arteta in the summer hasn't got Champions League, hasn't got Champions League football, hasn't got Europa League football. So we're looking at basically one game a week um, and he can get rid of some players and bring in some of his players. Do you think we will see a massively, drastically improved Arsenal team that can fight for Champions League places next season? No, I think we need European football. Club the size of Arsenal Football Club. Um, not to be even in Europa League would be pretty embarrassing, I think. And I think that sends a message... And I think that could be the start of the demise of a football club. I think it's imperative that we need to be European football financially. We're not a club that are back it. We're, we're sort of um, that have got like a sugar, sugar daddy is going to support us. If we're not in European football, the 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 pool of players that we're going to try and have to go for are a different kind. They've even said that Arteta in a preseason in a in the conference this week. So they've got their transfer plans, but it all depends where they finish in the league. And it's true, if we don't finish in Europa League, it's we're in a bit of a bad situation. People might give it, spin it a bit. Oh, yeah, well, we've got a rest, we ain't got as many games. Well, bollock, you've got a squad of 25 players. Any fucking squad yeah. with no injuries should be able to deal with two games a week. I'm, I'm 32 years old, yeah. 19 stone. I can play two games a week, right? And I've done it before. I can't at the minute because of lockdown. But I can play two games a week. 11 aside. And I'm a big fat cunt. Is that as a... So... Is that as a... Is that as a... What's that, mate? Is that as a... a Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Is that as a uh, deep-lying midfielder distributing... Charlie, is that as a deep-lying midfielder distributing... I play in the old. I play in the old. Number 10. Number 10. Always nick a goal. But I'm saying, I've played... Before lockdown, I was playing Saturday and Sunday. Right? Don't get me wrong, Monday I'll be struggling to walk, but I'm not a professional footballer. Yeah. So all this playing too many games, I think it's a load of nonsense. Yep, rotate players. Get that. Okay. And and today with the starting lineup, it made yeah. you're never gonna, as Mark said, you're never gonna please everyone. 
People want a certain team. Today's team, for me, more than capable to be going to beat Burnley. And I thought the first half hour, we were excellent, bar yeah. probably getting that second goal. So, but, but not to be in European football, back to your original yeah. point, Chris, I think it would be absolutely disastrous, personally, mate. Yeah. And Mark, um, so I'm going to come back to you now. So Dan Lawson has just come up on screen and said, can anybody explain what Martinelli has to do to get a game? Arteta looked to be out of his depth with tactics and subs and we've made no progress at all. I think that's a bit of a shout, really. I don't really know why. I mean, I could understand. So here's the thing. I could understand the Pepe decision to bring him on. I don't really understand why you wouldn't give maybe someone like Martinelli a try to have a little go at, uh, at, at, at Burnley today. What's your kind of take on it? And yeah, from the tactics. I do, I do, do, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, um, we, you know, we've discussed that he's making he's making mistakes with his subs and stuff like that. Um, the the Martinelli situation is is a very very strange one. I mean, he keeps putting him on the bench, but the kid is not getting any minutes at all. Now he's not he's not playing any football whatsoever. You know, now Reese Nelson gets gets. Um, uh, a few runs out with the under twenty threes and that Martinelli's not not getting any football whatsoever. So all Martinelli doing is doing at the moment is training and sitting on the bench. Now that's not really going to help him unless you know it is purely down to managing the previous injury that he had. Then you sort of think, okay, but then why put him on the bench if you've got no intention of bringing him on? Why are you wasting a space on the bench that you could maybe? put Reese Nelson on the bench or, you know, put uh, Aziz on the bench or, you know, or one of the other youth players. I don't understand. And, and there were situations where, you know, he got a lot of slack, uh, flack for not bringing Martinelli on in games. And he explained it in depth, didn't he? He said about, oh, you know, the two, two deep banks of four. And that's not really what Martinelli suits. It needs someone like Willian. And Willian came on and he bossed the game against him. And it's like, you know, it's the you, that's the other thing that annoys me about Arteta is he talks as much bollocks as his previous manager used to talk as well. But um, there, there is something, there's something not quite right. Because you, you, you kind of think, put the kid on. Give the kid, you know, give the kid a chance. You know, he's, 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 he buzzes around. He, he makes a difference. You know, he'll just cause a bit of havoc. But if he thinks that, like, the problem is that oh, we're coming up against these two two banks of four very deep, you know, four and five or whatever, it's like, well, mate, that's not going to change. That's that's the, People are going to defend like that against us because generally that's what how you defend against Arsenal. You just drop really deep and to put and two you're going to get that. You're going to get that 10 times a season as well, Mark. So you've got to learn exactly. a way to do it. Exactly. And he yeah. just, he, but he, does, he just does not seem to want to give Martinelli any minutes at all. And I just, you know, it's really, really odd. I mean, I can see like um, Webster and White Park are saying about it. Burnley are too physical for Martinelli. Well, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, like he's being eased in. Well, he's not being eased in because he's not getting any minutes. He's not getting a yeah. chance. So as he being eased in, he'd be eased in if he was getting 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, or he was getting a run out in the under 23s. He's not. He's training and sitting on the bench. That doesn't make no sense. And, um, you know, why, why, can't, why can't he get on? Why can he not get on? This is it's very strange, you know. He's 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 no slighter a player than Saka is. So you know, if Saka mm. can stand up to Burnley, I mean, he got bullied for like the first sort of quarter of an hour in the match, but then he got into it a bit more, yeah. But if Saka can do it, why can't Martinelli? You know what I mean? Erdogan, Erdogan's not built like a brick shit house. Yeah, just give the kid. I don't know why he's, there's something 
I don't know whether there's something strange or, or what going on, but it's just something going on. There is something going on. Um, and we're coming towards the end of the podcast, so I think we just want some final thoughts here. Uh, Charlie, we've got Olympiacos and then Tottenham. Um, where's your header in those both games? Um, Olympiacos is now the season. It is the Europa League. Yeah. <laughs> Europa League is now it. Um, and it is... It's never more important than Tottenham, but it's a it's a hard one because we, we can't afford to lose Olympiacos. If we go and beat Tottenham, we're likely to go and get beat by Liverpool and fucking West Ham the week after. So it, it, it's all right, nice bit of bragging rights, but it's it's fucking meaningless in a way. So mm. Olympiacos is key. I, I want to beat Tottenham, obviously as much as everyone else, but not getting beat is vital to me by them. We can't get beat. I mean. As, we got to now look at small small battles. I mean, our target now is to finish above them. I know that sounds really sad and pathetic in the league. I, I just I just keep looking at that league table. We're always tenth, <laughs> and, and yeah. I don't see. And I look at scenarios. Eh, can we catch there? And and like Leicester, like, I'm looking. So they beat them. They beat, and now we've lost. We've drawn again. I think <laughs> they're going to win tomorrow. Tottenham. They're going to beat Palace. And then we're going to sort of, I think, and then even beating them next week, we're still not above them. So we're just always playing catch up. So the Europa League is the Europa League is it, and we need a positive performance away from home on Thursday. We have to score a couple of goals because this invariably playing at home a second leg is an advantage with no fans. It is a disadvantage because you're going into a game in the second leg where you know what to do, you know what you've got to set up, you know how you've got to play, you know you've got to push. And with no fans, it's completely different. So all of a sudden, if you can go, if we can go back to the Emirates with maybe a two-goal lead, two away goals, it gives you something to. You can you know what you've got to do. You score one or two, invariably you're going to go through. You're not going to. I'd like to think we're not going to let three or four in at home. Before sudden we go after like Benfica game is like the Benfica game, we're going in one all as a draw. And as we see with Benfica, we were very, very fortunate in the end. We, well, if we go one nil goal, you're chasing the game. So we cannot allow that situation to happen again. We have to go, we have to be getting a win with at least at least two away goals. Yeah. Not least, Charlie, because let's be honest, if we think about it, Arsenal these days. And certainly uh, this season seemed to make a habit of gifting goals to the opposition. So it's almost as if we uh, find it amusing to go uh, to go one down or at least concede through silly, uh, silly decisions and, and individual errors. But Mark, just just as we wrap up then, where's your head at in terms of the next couple of games? Yeah, and no, I'd like I agree with Charlie completely. You know, I mean, I think we've got to play our best team in the Euro- in every single Europa League game we manage to play for the rest of this season until we either win it or we get knocked out. Um, unfortunately, the, the, you know, it's a bit of a shame that it's Spurs sandwiched in between them and that those their games got swapped, so they're at home, uh, nice and cosy, while we've got the trip to Athens and that. Um, but I mean, it's it's a you you cannot you cannot uh, undervalue the game next Sunday against them. Um, it's uh, the, the two games with them are always the two biggest league games of the season. 
I we cannot, you know, I would say we cannot lose to them. We have to make sure we do not lose to them. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to win. I'd like to, what I'm really looking forward to seeing is that Arteta, as we've spoken about, has learned from the manner in which we lost that game uh, at White Hart Lane uh, or whatever they call that shit now, um, that he's learned from the mistakes that we made in that game um, when Mourinho basically turned him over. So he's got to show that he's learned from that in this match. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, you move forward. After that, you know, who've, who've got in the league, it didn't really matter because this is the this is the biggest game we've got left in the league uh, is is Tottenham. So we need West Ham and Liverpool next two after that, mate. Yeah, and I mean, it's like West Ham, Liverpool, like, you know, I'm not, not really all that bothered about them, to be honest, whatever happens. You know, I want us to win, but, you know, it's not. If you lose to the, the Amers are having a great season. If you lose to them, it don't really matter that much, you know, or, or Liverpool. I couldn't really care about them at the moment. Uh, they're the only club who are having a worse time of it than us. But um, no, we need to uh, we need to make sure we do not lose. Uh, and again, it would be nice to win so that we can say, you know, we've got we've got the last win of the season against them. Mark, um, on a personal note, for Arteta as well, getting a win against Tottenham gives him some more breathing space for people, doesn't it? Hundred percent, yeah. Because you know I mean? yeah, lose lose that lose that game, and um, he's more more fans will turn against him just purely because he lost the game against Tottenham. You know, because that's how much uh, how much we we uh, we hate them. So uh, yeah, it, great point, mate. He needs he he does need to get a result out of that, but obviously he's got to balance that with the two games either side. So I don't think. Listen, we shouldn't be sitting here talking about having to bring a two goal lead back from Olympiacos. You know, we should be. We should be better than that. We should be knocking Olympiacos out of this, without doubt. However, you've only got to go back to last season to see that <laughs> beating Olympiacos ain't for everyone. So, um, yeah, let's just see how we go. And we won out there last year, didn't we? One nil. Yeah. yeah, yeah, won out there and spewed it at home, didn't we? We did, indeed. Well. we did indeed win. And Uh, yeah, we won out there indeed. You're right. And the problem is, is that once again, we brain farted our way to uh, getting ourselves knocked out against Olympiacos. And we nearly brain farted our way into getting knocked out against um, Benfica as well. But let's bring this, uh, let's bring this particular happy, ex- you know, fun, ecstatic uh, podcast, joyful uh, to the to the end. Um, thank you for those of you who have, who have stayed this far and listened in, uh, and thank you to those of you who have uh, downloaded and listened to us on iTunes and anywhere you get your podcasts. It's a tough season at the moment. It's a tough season because we are faced with individual errors. We're faced with uncertainty because of the the manager that we've got, who seems to his team that he's putting faith in seem to take two steps forward, look at Leicester last weekend, and then they take one step back. Or in the case of Xhaka, one step sideways straight in, and, and a pass straight into Chris Wood's chest. But those are the breaks. It is what it is. I think we all know that the season is pretty much done now. We are mid-table mediocrity, and that's what we've shown all season. We've known that there's needed to be a clear-out. The clear-out started in January. It will need to continue in the summer. and then. From a domestic competition point of view, we need to see more from Arteta and his and his team. We need to see better decision making from substitutions from Arteta. We need to see better team selections. We need to see less faith in players, normally senior players that don't actually deliver. You know, he needs to start rolling the dice a bit. And maybe we're going to get that with the remainder of the season. And uh, as as it becomes clearer 
that our domestic season is petering out into nothing. But all eggs are into the Europa League basket. Uh, Charlie, once again, thank you very much for joining me. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Uh, chin up, Charlie. Chin up, mate. It's uh, it's only football. It's only everything <laughs> that we spend drink, every right? waking. It's now. only listen, listen, Charlie. It's only football. It's only everything that we spend every waking minute thinking about, writing, writing about, talking about, tweeting about, and uh, WhatsApping about. But Mark, <laughs> uh, thanks for joining me as always. No, thanks for having me on, Chris. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. And uh, I've got that shirt that you've got that uh, that top, and I love it. Let's uh, let's just have a drink and remember the nineties. Sometimes it was a lot more fun than uh, than what we're getting. I'm not going to stick favour pitch on. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it, mate, do it, mate. Thank you very, very much for joining us. This has been the uh, Gunnerstown podcast. Uh, we will see you again next time, uh, ladies, people. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal.